Act Three, Purpose. It is said art is a matter of life and death. This may be melodramatic, but it is also true. Bruce Nauman, U.S. artist. Wait, a performance. I lie on a bed with a blindfold over my eyes and a gag over my mouth. Audience members are invited to write their most intimate secrets or confessions on stones and then place them on my belly or another part of my body. I lie this way until the pile of stones covers the majority of my body. And then the real longing for the before mother began. The baby could not stand being so vastly different from the others. She grew quickly, bigger and wilder than the others. Her big, awkward head lolled off her body in a way they could no longer stand to look upon anymore. The third stage of Erickson's stages of social-emotional development is called purpose. The most significant relationship is with family. The primary psychosocial crisis is initiative versus guilt, and the overriding existential question is, is it okay for me to do, move, and act? Is it okay for me to do, move, act? The mother forgets whose story she is telling, so she digs a hole in sand and sits staring at a player piano for eight days. When the child is hungry, she eats sand. When the child is thirsty, she drinks lake water. When the child develops scales, the mother comes back, empties a kilo of honey over the child's shoulders, feeds her a gallon of red wine, sings to the child and strokes her hair, hangs fireflies all around the canopy, then pulls down the machine gun, spreads her legs, tells the child to sleep, and have sweet dreams. When you were eight or nine, your mother worried that you'd become an unwed mother by the age of 15. You were 28 when you became an unwed mother. It is difficult to reconcile how much she hurt you with how much you miss her. You are surprised by how wrong you were. This is what's called facing reality. Your husband is flirting with his new divorced neighbor. Your daughter is playing with her daughter. They are all eating dinner together on your old dining room table the one you wanted, the one you convinced him to buy. Sometimes, he still comes over in the middle of the night after you've gotten your daughter to bed, when it's your turn to be her parent, and he will listen to you cry and beg and apologize for hours because he is excessively patient and kind, but you refuse to admit this about him. You will put his arms around you, push yourself against him, attempt to pull him over you on the couch as you kiss him, he will gently push you away. He will tell you he doesn't want to hurt you. He just can't be with you anymore, for his own sake. But he doesn't matter here in Manhattan. In Manhattan, all that matters is the sharp light of the morning and the teenagers who are arguing on the pier. The boys are trying to get the girls to come home with them. They've been out all night. They have the pale look of the morning after ecstasy, but you can't imagine that's the drug of choice anymore. And near them, a man at least 70 years old runs by in perfect form, and you notice he has only half an ear. You are a runner. You run away from everything. The Pitchfork Once the man they called my father had a phone call, and I needed to run outside to find him. Ramona was out grocery shopping. He was working, as he always was, in the gardens behind the house. 
He was always telling me to wear my shoes outside, but I was always disobeying because I was too impatient to put them on, and I had gotten used to going barefoot during the performances I did with Marina. On this day, there was a pitchfork hidden under a large mound of hay. As I was running to call him, I jumped on the mound of hay, and a tine of the pitchfork went into my foot between my first two toes. I fell down screaming. He ran to me and picked me up. I thought he would carry me in the house so the neighbors couldn't see him beat me to death. But instead, he carried me into the bathroom and ran cool water over my foot to wash it and see how badly I was hurt. I realized he wasn't angry with me, and then I saw he was shaking. He was scared. He held me tightly to him, and I understood for the first time in my life that he actually cared about me. Marina Abramovich is my mother. She positions three screens, her in the middle, her mother, Danica, to her right, her father, Vojo, to her left, all the washed bones of cows in the middle, the triangulation of pain, responsibility, honor, politics, family, love, hate. In this way, she teaches me the history of the human race. Marina Abramovich is my mother. Ramona Marie is my mother. She positions three screens, her in the middle, her mother Danica to the right, her father Vojo to the left. At night, the highest window in our house is full of her black cascading hair. I stand behind her, brushing dutifully and singing in an ethereal voice. All the washed bones of cows in the middle. The triangulation of pain, responsibility, honor, politics, family, love, hate. Sometimes I sing Sinatra songs. Other times I sing Ave Maria. I sing until I faint. In this way, she teaches me the history of the human race. At this moment, she picks me up and sets me in her lap and licks my face until I come back to her. She lets me take her long black hair in both my hands and suck at the ends until the lights go out. All the while, she sings, Gee, baby, ain't I good to you? And the baby began to long for a mother she could no longer even remember, and a whole different world of a nest with a white kitchen floor and butter coffee perfume and walls stained with brown shoe polish. The daughter is the mother. Mama? The mother sleeps with a skeleton and dreams of when she was a child and her own mother slapped her. She looks at the baby and the skeleton and wonders where they were when she was being slapped by her mother. Peeling potatoes in a wooden room. The mother's mother never once told the mother that she was loved, and the mother looks at the baby and wonders if she is loved. She wonders if the baby is loved. She wonders if anyone is loved in the way that they think they should be loved. Your butter, cinnamon, onion hands. Or is love a need? And her mother never needed her, not the way the mother now needs this baby. Mama, just touch me. Books. In Ramona's home, there were no books. Because I was born capable of reading, I hungered for books when I was with her. When I was with Marina, I would read insatiably. Later, when I could not get back to Marina, I began stealing books whenever and wherever I could. Much later, when I had my own money, I bought books and collected them. 
I bought vast collections of books for my own child. She will not appreciate this. For me, this is the greatest gift I can imagine giving her. Marina Abramovich is my mother. She positions herself at the front of the ship, pointing the way through the darkness. The fools in the back of the boat who call themselves sailors have no idea where they are going. Marina Abramovich is my mother. Ramona Marie is my mother. She positions herself at the front of the ship. She takes pictures of me while I am sleeping with a plastic machine gun in my hands. I'm very young. When I wake, we play soldiers in the forest. She's easy to catch, but I never pretend to kill her. Pointing the way through the darkness. Instead, we crouch low under the trees and listen for birdsong. Sometimes I'm frightened of a squirrel and she laughs, and her laughter makes me less afraid. The fools in the back of the boat who call themselves sailors. We bring treasures home from the forest and make a museum all over our kitchen counters of pine cones, acorns, leaves, feathers, rocks, worms, bark, and dirt. Have no idea where they are going. We sell tickets to our neighbors, but no one ever comes. Instead, we cover ourselves in mud and roll in our collection until we both look like wild creatures. Then we laugh until we start to itch. The Pencil Sharpener I was walking downstairs to the basement. Ramona and the man they called my father were cleaning the basement out, removing large black garbage bags of old clothes and junk. As usual, he was raging about something. She ran behind him, apologizing, trying to fix whatever minor sin she had said, trying to fix whatever minor sin had set him off on a rampage this time. I was suddenly acutely aware of the tiny plastic pencil sharpener I held in my hand. I had been drawing when I was called downstairs to help them. I wondered what would happen if I put my finger inside the sharpener and turned it like a pencil. I imagined being with Marina on stage, turning our fingers inside small plastic pencil sharpeners over and over, then writing with the blood from our fingers. Then. I did it. My finger was cut and bleeding, and I began to cry, but I was also fascinated by the pain and the blood. When Ramona came to me, she asked why I had done that, and I could not answer. She had to take me to the bathroom and clean and bandage my cut. In this way, I kept her away from him for a few moments at least. Marina Abramovich is my mother. There is a history of assassination and betrayal in her family. The first accomplished with diamond dust. The second accomplished with politics. Marina Abramovich is my mother. Ramona Marie is my mother. There is a history of assassination and betrayal in her family. Some days we do nothing but sit across from each other and look. Sometimes we look at each other. Other times, we fix our eyes on a spot in front of us. We will sit like this all day. The first accomplished with diamond dust. The telephone will ring and we won't move. The teapot will whistle and then begin to burn, then go up in flames, and we will stay in our chairs, just being with one another. The second accomplished with politics. When the house burns down around us and the firemen come, 
They are so dazzled by our concentration that they drop their axes and stand before us mesmerized. Marina stands and takes one of their faces in her hands and begins kissing it. I take up his axe and cut my way out of the house. Speaking in tongues. Sometimes I would get confused, going back and forth between Ramona's world and Marina's world. Upon several occasions, I would speak the wrong language in the wrong place. If I spoke English in front of Marina, she would simply snap her fingers hard in front of my face, as if breaking a spell, and I would stop. We would both laugh. In Ramona's world, I would occasionally speak a combination of all of Marina's languages, and the children they called my siblings would sit and marvel, believing I was possessed by some demon or spirit. I horrified them. This power to strike fear in them made me laugh. I used it as often as I could. And the baby began to hate herself for this longing for the before mother because it was a betrayal of the mother who needed her so much, this gleaming brown and white-flecked mother who kept her husband off of the baby as much as she could, who wanted to protect the baby and have the baby protect her. The daughter is the mother. Mama. The mother washes the skeleton, then washes the floor. The mother teaches the baby. I always belonged on your stage. How to wash the dishes, how to wash the clothes, how to wash her hair, how to wash her body. Wrapped in white gauze. And where to touch herself, and where not to touch herself. Holding the hand of the skeleton. And the baby understands everything. She learns what she is made for. Already dead. His back. One night, the man they called my father sat me down to tell me he could not have sex with Ramona. He told me she was too cold, like trying to fuck a fish, he said. This is why he had to have sex with other women, he explained. He also told me that he was clinically insane and that men like him usually die by committing suicide. He told me that if I could be a good girl, he wouldn't kill himself. About a year later, when Ramona had the strength to leave him again, she left me behind with him. He had pretended to be happy to spend some quality time with me, but as soon as he locked the side door she left from, he turned around and snarled at me. He began beating me and screaming at me and telling me to get into the bedroom. I do not have any memory of what happened then, but for years whenever I think of this night, I get horrible cramps in my abdomen and pain in my vagina. Three therapists have told me I have body memories, even if I can't recall the actual moment of penetration. The next thing I remember for sure is the vast white expanse of his enormous back dotted with brown hairy moles. Though I could not get back to her, I was still aware that I belonged to Marina. I knew she was in China. She was walking the Great Wall to meet Ule, her partner, one final time, their final performance together. I hated her then. It was true that I was born ready for battle, but I hated her for throwing me into it so quickly. With his back to me all night, the man they called my father snored so loudly that I could not sleep. I spent all night trying to remember Marina's face and voice and making plans to leave, to find her again.
And the baby's longing for this other before mother turned into a swarm of other memories. She remembered sleeping with a human skeleton between them and holding its hand as they slept. The baby and her before mother were familiar with death. She understood her before mother, gave her the tools she would need to survive this strange family. Peeing. The girl they called my sister and I shared a bedroom for many years. We had a green shag carpet. Once, when I was four or five, I saw her cat pee on that carpet. I decided I would make this my next performance, and for several months I would pull my pants down, squat like the cat, and pee in various spots all over the room. I would marvel at the warm, wet circle I made in the deep carpet. I believe Ramona and the girl they called my sister knew I was doing this, but they never punished me for it or spoke of it. I told Marina about the performance, and she responded to it with her usual interest and objectivity. And the man they called the baby's father stalked around the nest with his shiny blue-green head held high above them all, and death wound its body around his paws, so that each time he raked his claws over her back, she became infected with it. Marina Abramovich is my mother. She whips the sea like a goddess, as if she could temper it. Sometimes I wonder if she is a reincarnation of Athena herself. I learn the laws of nature are a responsibility. I am insignificant compared to them, but I am at the center of them as well. Marina Abramovich is my mother. Ramona Marie is my mother. She whips the sea like a goddess, as if she could temper it. We ride the subway together whenever we visit the city, which is often. She sits with her back straight against the seat, watching me and facing the ghosts that move like mirrors against the black backdrop of the windows. Sometimes I wonder if she is a reincarnation of Athena herself. She smiles at me all the while. She watches the way the shapes around us form endless mischievous thoughts in my busy head. She knows me. I learn the laws of nature are a responsibility. Later, back at our city apartment, she pulls a star down, takes a sample, and smears some on a slide for me. I am insignificant compared to them, but I am at the center of them as well. I take in these microscopic stars, their pieces, the way they tear too easily. She wants to teach me everything. The bed. Just before I lost the ability to get back to Marina, she and Ule performed communist body, fascist body. They invited several of their closest friends to their birthday party, where they would be asleep in the room. None of the guests realized that I slept, snuggled between them, which made Ule really angry. He had to take a pill to get to sleep. Marina and I slept soundly, with her arms wrapped around my body. From above, we looked like one body, we slept so close. The constant memory of her warmth made it easy for me to remember her during the following years, when I could no longer get to her physically. I began sleeping with Ramona, while the man they called my father worked the night shift. If I slept close, I could imagine her heat was Marina's heat, and it made everything quiet and safe.
The baby's strange skin began to flake and molt. The mother who tried so much to love her began finding it increasingly harder to look at her. For a long time, the baby huddled in the darkest corner of the nest, watching the others, dreaming of her before mother, and not knowing what to do. This concludes Act 3. I'd like to thank Tricia O'Connor, Barb Handley-Miller, Mark Brown, Shay Davis, Kristen Cornelius, Aralyn Ross, Danielle Peterson, Crystal Starkey, Donna Giuliani, and Laura Dahl, as well as Tim Kenyon, for allowing me to borrow their voices for this episode of Marina Abramovich is My Mother. Please visit marinaabramovichismymother.weebly.com for more information about Marina Abramovich is My Mother and its author, Jody Ann Stevenson. Please visit the author's Patreon page to learn more about her projects and how you can support her work at patreon.com slash Stevenson. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash j-o-d-i-a-n-n-s-t-e-v-e-n-s-o-n. Thanks for listening.